Welcome to Mondays with Melissa. Join us every Monday to talk about health, wellness, mom life, faith, hope, and anything in between. I'm your host, Melissa Rolfs. I'm a holistic health and life coach, and I help women break free from sugar and stress eating so they can be calm, confident, and in control. After my own tumultuous journey with food, sugar, and stress eating, I found freedom, and my heart and my desire is for you to find freedom too. So let's start on the journey. Hello, with it being February and us recently talking about self-love, I want to extend the conversation and talk a little bit more about how to create relationships that give energy instead of depleting energy through appreciative communication. And I love this topic. I was a communication major at Purdue University, so this is kind of my jam. Um, And I think it really fits nicely with coaching and just some things we can do to encourage and really give each other energy through how we communicate. So chances are good that you have experienced relationships where you have maybe felt misunderstood or you have felt maybe unsupported. And I think you've also possibly felt invalidated or angry or hurt or whatever the word is. But I think on the flip side, you have probably also felt understood, accepted, loved, supported, and appreciated. And so what is your energy like when you feel understood, accepted, and loved? I know for me, I have more energy. I feel better. I, it's just, it's something within me that feels more energetic and excited, to be honest with you. But on the flip side, when I feel misunderstood or hurt or invalidated, my energy levels are low and that zest just isn't quite there. So what we want to do is we want to get to a place in our relationships where we are giving energy rather than taking energy away. And so in order to do that, we're going to look under the hood at where things go wrong in relationships. So when two people are experiencing conflict, a lot of times what they're experiencing is a break-in or a loss of connection. And so most relationship experts assert that all breaks in connection to relationships stem from one thing, and that's usually poor communication. And if you're in a season of life where, you know, you've got kids and you've got a home and you've got a career, it's very easy to get busy and not communicate. So what that means is really learning how to improve our communication could be the bridge back to connection into a relationship that supports you instead of deplete you. So I have a really fun and simple way of helping us improve communication in our relationships if you're up for it. Uh, And there's only two parts plus a bonus part. So when communication breaks down in a relationship, communication may include a lot of criticism. There may be be some divisiveness, um, maybe even some contempt or some disgust. You know, the name calling comes in. Maybe there may be stonewalling where someone leaves the conversation either physically or energetically, or maybe they check out on their phone. And it's hard to make progress when those things happen because they drain energy because what we end up feeling is unseen, unheard, unsafe, and unappreciated. And communication can give you energy and have you feel safe, seen, and heard. And this is what we call appreciative communication. 
And so there's two steps to this. The first one is the math. This is a concept I learned in my coaching practice, where really every person has a completely different and completely valid way of seeing the world. And if you projected their view of the world onto a screen, it would look like their particular map of the world. I think we've seen a lot of this within the past year with different views on politics and COVID and just all of the things. I think there've been a lot of maps, but not a lot of communication between the maps, in my opinion. So if I put my map and your map on a side-by-side -side screen, they would look totally different. Mine may have mountains and lakes and sunshine and yours may have lots of pine trees and snow and um, rivers, whatever that is, it would just be different. And the maps are different. And the key to acknowledging it is that both are valid. Yes, they are different, but they are both valid. And so coming from a lens of appreciation for another person's map means listening with a willingness to consider that the other person has a point of view or an unmet need or a desire that feels good and right to them, even if it does cause friction or conflict on your end. And so it's very possible that these views or these perspectives make sense in their world, even if they don't make sense in yours. And this really takes practice. It takes a willingness to set aside your own assertion that you are right and the other person is wrong. We've seen a lot of that this year too. And it really requires being curious. Why does the other person see things the way they do? I think we're really quick to rush to judgment when we really should replace that judgment with curiosity. So here's a really great example. Person A, I love dogs. Person B, I hate them. Person A is silently thinking, I don't trust someone who doesn't love dogs. And connection is kind of broken because neither person is becoming curious about the other person's map. So if we look at the same conversation with the curious approach, this is what it could look like. Person A, I love dogs. Person B, how or when did you start to love dogs? Person A, my grandmother had a dog and I spent a lot of weekends at her house and it was kind of lonely because there weren't a lot of kids around, but she had a dog and this dog became my best friend and I have just loved dogs ever since. So person B is thinking, wow, what they say is true. A dog really is your best friend. And then person A feels understood. They feel heard. They've seen appreciated. They feel like this person gets you. And so that is going to create more connection, right? And so I think in today's society, if we could replace that judgment with curiosity and really try to understand another person's point of view, that would serve us so well in the long term. And I don't know that social media is the best place for that because I've tried, it hasn't really worked. <laughs> um, so the other step in communicative, excuse me, appreciative communication is to be specific. And one of the reasons that we experience problems with communication is because there is an inherent lack of specificity, that's a hard word to say, <laughs> in the way humans speak. Um, so I think if we can not, you know, I think we tend to delete the details and get so focused on what we're going to say that we maybe aren't hearing the other person. So if I say to you, think of a dog, but I don't give you any specifics, the picture of the dog you make in your mind is almost guaranteed to be different from the picture of the dog that I make in my head because we have those different maps. And this lack of specificity <laughs> leads to a lack of clarity in the way that we talk with each other. So again, the root cause of conflict in communication frequently isn't what's said, but it's what isn't said. 
when we communicate, we tend to make all sorts of assumptions and we fill in the gaps on what's being said. It leads to misunderstanding, arguments, hurt feelings, resentment. And that's a lot of times why communication breakdown happens. But I think if we can step back, slow down, try to understand the other person, replace judgment with curiosity, it would serve us really well, regardless of what the conversation is. So you can use simple questions that help you gather information around you know, people's needs, desires, and feelings. Um, there's four types of specific questions you can use, what, when, how, who. And those are some things you can start implementing today. And there's just so many things I think we can do to really better understand one another. And that's going to lead to more effective communication, which will lead to more effective relationships. I think a lot of times we don't know where the breakdown is. And so we maybe try to fix the things that aren't the issue, kind of like we do with weight, right? Like so many factors around weight loss. And yet we look at the food and the exercise piece and we don't look at other factors like sleep and stress and hormones and food intolerances and just the things that make us up and our unique makeup. So if we can really kind of look at the bigger picture and pinpoint where the problem is and in communication, excuse me, in relationships, it's a lot of communication. So my action step for you this week is to try some of this in your relationships. You know, get curious, replace that judgment with curiosity, ask those questions, really try to understand the other person and see how that changes your energy and the flow of your relationships. As always, if you have questions, if you need anything, reach out. I'm here. I do offer those complimentary coffee chats where I'm happy to talk about your goals and maybe ways that you could integrate some of these things I talk about on the podcast into your daily life so you can be the best version of yourself. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Hello there. As you may know from part of my story, I am a recovering sugar addict. And that's not really pretty to say, but as we all know, sugar is legal. It's thrown out at parades, it's given out in churches, at schools, and most everywhere people congregate. So it was an easy addiction for me to fall into. If you find yourself craving sugar, needing sugar, thinking about sugar, maybe you want to break free from your relationship with sugar, this is an invitation to you. Please join my upcoming workshop, How and Why to Break Free from the Sugar Habit. I will put a link in the show notes for you to register to join us. Be sure to come because I'm going to share 10 tips that you can walk away with the day of the workshop to start finding freedom from sugar today. So I hope you'll join us. I'll see you there.